we have declared and we sung together. How great is our God. And I really want to encourage us as we, as we go into this time, as we worship through his word, just to carry those truths that we sung together. Because this morning we're focusing on God's faithfulness. And every single word that we have declared this morning is true because God is faithful. God is faithful. So for those that don't know me, I'm Carl, uh, husband to Beth and father to our, our lovely little Henry. Um, and we love being part of the church family here in Wimborne. It's coming up two years that we've been part of this family, and it's a privilege to call this our home. And it's an honor this morning to be able to stand here and dive into God's word together and explore what he wants to say to us. So we're back in our series in Galatians 5, looking at the fruits of the Spirit, and we are focusing on faithfulness. With God's help, we're going to have a look at what it means to be faithful. We're going to fix our gaze on God, our faithful Father, before looking at the different responses of faithfulness that we find in the Bible, and how we might respond to that and demonstrate faithfulness in our own lives. So I'm just going to pray, and then we'll move into it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are truth. We thank you that every word in there, Lord, has been given to us so that we might know you better. We might be encouraged, we might be challenged, and that through your Holy Spirit, we'll be transformed into your likeness. Pray, Lord, that you'll just keep our hearts open to what you want to say to us this morning that our worship will continue through hearing the words that you want to speak to us, and that we'll understand more of what it looks like to be faithful in our lives, to bring glory to your name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I just encourage you, we'll just turn to Galatians 5, and we'll just read, re-familiarize ourselves with with those verses in 22 and 23. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This passage comes towards the end of chapter 5 in Galatians, which Paul is writing to a group of churches in Galatia. He'd visited them on his missionary journeys, and we can read about that in Acts chapters 13 and 14. It's a letter he kind of wrote out of frustration a little bit at the way that the Jewish Christians at that time had misinterpreted the meaning of the gospel. And they were expecting the kind of wider, non-Jewish, the Gentile believers at that time to follow the practices that they'd been set out in Israel. Throughout Galatians, Paul reestablishes the truth of the gospel that through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a new worldwide family of God is established that we can be part of today. And it's that this true gospel message, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that truly transforms the lives of people today. Chapter 5 particularly focuses on the comparison between the sinful human nature and the freedom from this that came through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. Through the Holy Spirit now dwelling in his people, we are empowered to live in a way that reflects the pattern that Jesus set for us, 
characterized by the fruits of the Spirit we see in that passage in Galatians. But as with all fruit, it takes time to grow, it takes hard work to cultivate, it requires a commitment and a transforming of our hearts, our minds, and our actions. As a church, our first vision statement is to see many lives transformed by Jesus. So it stands to reason that the key to working that out in our lives and seeing the fruit of this is by allowing the Spirit to grow in us and have his way through us. So let's look on at what faithfulness looks like. What part does it play in this collective fruit bowl that represents the characteristics of God? What exactly is faithfulness, and what does it mean to be faithful? Faithfulness comes from the Hebrew word emet, which can be translated as faithfulness or truth, and it's related to the better-known phrase amen, which means that's truth. Woven throughout its meaning and associations are associations with stability and reliability, like when Moses held his hands up to defeat the Amalekites. The same can be said when it's used to describe the character of a person, to be stable in character, to be reliable, to be trustworthy. When Moses appointed leaders in Exodus 18, they were to be people of emet, people who were trustworthy, who wouldn't take bribes or distort justice. And throughout the Bible, we, descript- we see description of God's faithful character and nature. In Exodus 34, God is described as a God of compassion and mercy, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. So to say that God is filled with faithfulness doesn't mean that he just stands for and speaks for truth, but that he himself is trustworthy. He is stable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is reliable. He does what he says he will do without fail or exception. Now, it's not uncommon for the preaching team here to bring either a football or a film-based analogy at this point. Uh, but I'm going to break the mold. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about baseball, or more precisely, the journey of the England cricket team over the last couple of years. Now, I know cricket might not be everybody's cup of tea, and it might not be the most exciting thing to talk about, but bear with me. Because if you'd followed anything of the England cricket team in the last few years, you would have been well justified to say that it's not the most entertaining a wonderful thing to watch. It was a team that played defensively, they lacked courage and spirit, and more often not slumped to a depressingly, consistently pathetic defeat. But a couple of years ago, in steps a new coach, and he appoints a new captain of the team. And the transformation from that journey on to here has been huge. You've got largely the same group of players in the team, Sorry, I just lost my paint that. You've got the same players in the team, but the difference is almost recognizable. We are getting better results, even if the summer British weather has stopped us from beating the Aussies. Um, but it's the way that they are playing that is grabbing the headlines. Basball is a term that's used to describe the style of play that this re-energized team has adopted 
getting its name from their new coach. It sets out how the players can play, allowing them to play with freedom, being true to their character, the style of play that they want to play. Now, of course, it has its critics. Lots of people have been very skeptical. And there have been times in the games where it looks like it might not be the best way to play. It could be seen as careless and not quite cricket. And it's been tested. But no matter what, each of the team has remained faithful in playing their parts, keeping true to what they have signed up to and the way they want to go about their parts in that game. They've clearly set out what they're going to do, and they've stuck to it. And for any fans amongst us, I'm sure you agree, it's brought a little bit more joy <laughs> over the last couple of years compared to those dreary years that went before. The good news for us as followers of Christ is that God is faithful to his own character. He doesn't just say one thing and do another. He's faithful to his word. What he has said will happen in our lives is sure to happen, just as he said. He's faithful to his word, and he's faithful to his people. God is a good shepherd who knows each of his sheep intimately, providing and caring for them, knowing exactly what they need. He's always faithfully attentive, knows the reality of each of our lives. And should any of us go astray, he'll pursue us and bring us back into the safety of the fold. We see God's faithfulness in creation, the constancy of day and night, the seasons, and of all of the little, tiny, and huge details that he's brought into the world. We see God's faithfulness in the cross, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all. We see God's faithfulness in answering prayer. Through Jesus, he hears our prayers and requests and acts to answer them according to his will for our lives. And we see God's faithfulness in keeping every promise he has made through his word and through his spirit speaking to us today. For he who promised these things is faithful. He provides for every need. He comforts those who mourn. He strengthens the weak and he equips his believers to carry out the mission he's assigned them. We see God's faithfulness in his protection over us when we suffer or when we're persecuted because of him. And through his promise not to let us endure, well, not let, let us suffer temptation beyond our ability to endure it. And we see God's faithfulness through our lives and through the lives of his followers across the globe. That he has a plan for each and every one of us. And that he who has begun a good work in each of us will continue that work until we reach eternity's door. What a comfort and encouragement to know that this is the God we worship, the God we sung about this morning, the truth that we have declared, that when all around us feels broken, unreliable, ever-changing, our God is the faithful one, the rock on which we stand, ever-present, ever-constant, and ever-faithful. And it's because of God's faithfulness to us that we should be motivated to be faithful in response to him. And the great news is, is that we allow the Spirit to work in us. He will equip us to be faithful in return. We see examples scattered throughout the Bible of this kind of symbiotic relationship of faithfulness between God and his people. Abraham, 
He displayed faithfulness and his willingness to leave the comfort of his home and obediently follow God to a new land in an unknown destination. He also displayed faithfulness in his willingness to sacrifice his son Isaac, who was a direct result of God's faithfulness in keeping his promise to Abraham and Sarah that they would bear a son. Ruth's devotion to her mother-in-law is a powerful example of faithfulness in our relationships with each other. She chose to follow the plan that God had set out for her, remaining faithful in the face of difficulty, uncertainty, and the lure of a better life. She was faithful in her work, providing for her family each and every day. Paul, a former persecutor of Christians, became one of the greatest champions of our faith. He was heavily persecuted. He was imprisoned. Yet he remained faithful to the truth of the gospel and his calling to spread it throughout the world. And we continue to see many examples, both big and small, of faithfulness being worked out in and around our lives here today. We've heard some beautiful stories of faithful followers of Jesus faithfully praying outside these gates here, longing to see this building come alive with God's church again. And we stand here now as a result of those faithful prayers. And I'm sure we each have a story to tell. And there are people here who are a direct result of someone faithfully walking alongside you, praying for you, and leading you to Jesus in his kingdom. For Beth and me and our wonderful little Henry, we've seen God's faithfulness to us displayed in our journey moving to here from Wiltshire, which started almost four years ago, and it remains ongoing. (laughs) We felt God clearly calling us here, but at multiple points along the way, that has required us to step out in faith, trusting that God would remain faithful to his calling, provide what we needed to go on this journey. Whether that was approaching, extracting ourselves from our our family and our church back in Wiltshire we lived, waiting for our house to sell in the middle of a global pandemic after the second time it had fallen through, moving in with the in-laws, so we're in a better position to purchase a house down here, which turned out to last a year longer than we had anticipated, and now the ongoing wait for the renovation works on our house to be finished so we can move in and call a place home in the face of tricky relationships and running out of money. And not to mention that we also had the joy of bringing our little red-haired bundle of joy into the world in the middle of a global pandemic. Through all of this, God has been faithful. He provides. He's orchestrated each step. And just when we thought that we couldn't cope with the waiting or the challenges of not being where we thought he was leading us to, he gave us strength and a fresh perspective And whilst we're still yet to enter our promised land, we've learned so much along the way and known that time and time again, he is faithful. He is a rock, a place of refuge and comfort and an ever-loving Heavenly Father. It sadly is true, though, that the reality in many of us will experience what being unfaithful looks like. Although we're created in the image of God, we as sinful human beings are broken and distorted by sin. 
We don't reflect God's character fully or consistently. And as a result, we will experience unfaithfulness in our lives, either as a result of other people to us or our own unfaithfulness to God through our own thoughts and actions. The good news is is that God's faithfulness to us is constant. It's never diluted. And within that, he's promised to comfort those who are living through or carrying the impact of unfaithfulness in their lives. And through his death and resurrection, there is hope of forgiveness and restoration to a right relationship with our loving, gracious, and merciful Father. So what about our response? What does it look like to display faithfulness in our own lives today? To God and to each other. What areas of our lives is the rich, ripe fruit of faithfulness, reflecting God's standard of faithfulness to us? And which areas of our lives may faithfulness be found lacking or withheld? Firstly, we need to remember that faithfulness comes from a place of trust and loyalty to God. For faithfulness to be fully outworked in us and through us, we need to submit every area of our lives to him in recognition that he is in control. It requires us to stay committed, to be trustworthy and reliable, even in the face of uncertainty, hardship, or the unknown. Hebrews reminds us that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I also think there's a reality here that out of all of the fruits of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5, faithfulness can often be seen as a one that's the less exciting, maybe even a bit mundane, It requires a level of perseverance, consistency, and sacrifice each and every day. Being faithful isn't always about the big things, like building an ark, leaving your hometown, or living with the in-laws, although it might be at times. It often means doing the small things each and every day that many may never notice or acknowledge or deem that important here on earth. And I think that it's in this that we realize that faithfulness is not about, primarily about what we do, but it's about the attitude of our hearts. To serve, to remain committed, to be trustworthy and reliable. God delights not in the primarily of the greatness of the work, but in the fruitfulness and the faithfulness of the worker. There's a story I remember hearing few years ago now, about a church that had a principle that anybody who came forward who wanted to serve, particularly in a more visible role in the church, was asked to go away for six months and put the chairs out and pat them down every Sunday for six months. Then they would have the conversation about them serving. I think it was a way of of seeing how faithful that servant would be faithful to serve the church family in its needs, as well as being faithful to use the gift that God had given them to serve the church in a wider way. It also mirrors the principle that Jesus gave in Luke 16, that if you can be trusted and faithful in the small things, then you can be faithful in the larger things. So to draw this to a close, I felt that God just drew me to a few ways that we might consider how we could demonstrate faithfulness in our lives both to God and to each other. Number one, being faithful in prayer. 
praying for loved ones who don't know Jesus yet, praying for breakthrough in the lives of a friend or family member, praying for our leadership here at Ulock Community Church, for our government, remaining faithful in prayer. Being faithful in response to God's encouragement to spur one another on in love and good deeds, to encourage one another, building one another up, supporting, making a difference in other people's lives. Being faithful in our relationships, whether that's our marriages, our families, friends, colleagues at work, our church family, or anybody else that God has placed in our lives to support and care for. Faithful in our serving, remaining humble, centered on Jesus, but faithfully using the gifts that he has given to bless and encourage and fulfill his purposes here on earth. And wrapped up in all of those, and perhaps the most important, is a questioning about our faithfulness to God in every aspect of our lives today. Are there areas of our lives that we are withholding or not allowing the Spirit to move, to bear its fruit? Is God calling you to surrender that aspect of your life to him today so you can walk more faithfully with him? I know that I've been particularly challenged on that last one. So I'd love to invite Mark and the worship team to come back up and, and lead us in a time of response. And, and as we do that, there's two things I'd just love us to consider. Firstly, if you feel there's anything here that God has really challenged you about, maybe you're struggling with the reality of unfaithfulness in your own life that you want support for in prayer. Or maybe God's just pinpointing something to you that you'd love someone to pray with you about. Then Tim and I will be here um, just to come alongside you, and we'd love to just pray with you and support you in that. But secondly, there is, there is a lovely practice that Paul brought out uh, last, last week here at One Church Sunday, um, of the memorial stones um, and also we see it in the Ebenezer stones that, are, uh, that we find in 2 Samuel used as a way to publicly mark and thank God for his faithfulness in our lives to this point God has helped us so if you feel that God prompts you to just share a small short testimony of God's faithfulness in your lives and I encourage you to come forward um, and just, just chat to Paul um, and share that here. I think it's great to build each other up, just encouraging that God has been faithful in many ways in our lives.